Good afternoon, my name is Mark. I run global business development for AWS IoT here at AWS. And this afternoon, I'm joined by Jan and Barack, uh, who are gonna help go over this session, which is all about building IoT applications for the smart home. Now here's the good part, this is the repeat. So we fine tune this presentation for your viewing pleasure. It's gonna be great. We learned from the first one, we've adjusted, we looked at the evaluations, we've changed things up a tiny bit. So here's the plan. I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna set the stage. I'm gonna tell you a little bit about how we think about home automation, the kinds of things that other customers are tackling. Uh, sort of set in context some of the services we're gonna talk about today. Um, then, the thing we couldn't do in the first session is we're actually gonna talk about some of the new services that were embargoed at the time and we were like really wishing we could tell that first audience, but you, we've launched them so now we can tell you about them and one in particular uh, we'll talk about is ThingsGraph. And then, they'll be done, you'll be done with me. And we're gonna have a great customer come up. Barack's gonna come up and talk about what they've done with our platform and some of the challenges that they've faced building uh, home automation uh, and consumer services. And then Jan's gonna come up, we're level session, we're gonna write some, we're gonna get in some code, we're gonna do some demos, we're gonna light some things up, we're gonna use some machine learning, it's gonna be great. You with me? Good presentation so far? Great. All right, so let's get this going. Um, obviously, I'm not gonna spend time on, you know, connected home as a part of IoT is a big market. Uh, so there is a ton of interest in this space. And we think about it sort of in three big categories, and these are the categories that we're sort of gonna explore today around home automation, whether it be appliances or lighting systems or uh, entertainment and TV systems, home networking in terms of uh, Wi-Fi, set-top boxes and routers, and then a little talk about home security with where devices like security cameras, locks, and thermostats all come into play. Um, we have a lot of experience here, not only our own experience inside of Amazon building consumer devices, uh, but we power uh, some of the most popular uh, devices out there. Any of you have a Roomba cleaning your house, you're using our IoT stack every day and you may not have even have known it. Uh, we're helping customers all over the world build these amazing consumer experiences. There's a lot of challenges. Um, you know, it is very hard to differentiate. You know, connecting something for the sake of it is fine, but if it doesn't really do anything, if it doesn't evolve, if it doesn't really meet uh, consumers' uh, needs, if it's not driving their interests, if it's not making their life better, um, you're not gonna stand out. You know, making that product evolve, you know, once you, once you connect something, the general consumer feeling is that that thing better get better. Or, you know, simply, oh, you can turn it on and you can turn it off and it just does that forever. That's not gonna be that compelling an experience. You wanna think, how do the services um, either on the device or from the cloud, the apps that are connected to it. How does that get better over time? But how do you do that in a cost-effective way? Uh, how do you think about interoperability between devices? How do you have a platform that's scalable and secure? Uh, thinking about those secure connections and then leveraging the edge. You know, there's a lot of compute in the home. Some of it's there not doing much all day long. Uh, could be doing much more interesting things, and we'll have some examples around green grass and machine learning to prove uh, out that point. So we're, we're gonna give you a couple of examples um, as we go through in each of those three categories. Um, we're gonna have Brock talk about what they're doing in the home automation space and some of the work they're doing in voice and consumer experience, and then our two demos are gonna dive, um, uh, well, actually three demos. We'll talk about an unboxing experience uh, security example and a home networking example as we go through. 
If you haven't seen it, if you're not familiar, AWS IoT is a set of services that we like to call, um, you know, it's, yeah, we could do the layer cake architecture, but we think of this as sort of a virtual, virtuous cycle for IoT. We have a set of services in the cloud that are all around control and being the on-ramp for a device to AWS around management, uh, uh, controlling and updating your fleets and thinking about security. We have a set of services out at the edge uh, to help integrate with embedded systems to uh, think about how can you use a CPU-powered edge device with something like Greengrass to bring some of our serverless technology and some of our IoT technology right out to the edge. And then we have a set of analytics services specifically tuned for machine data, started with IoT analytics, but this week, we launched IoT Events, IoT SiteWise, uh, two awesome services all about unlocking machine data, making it easier to drive analytics and insights into your devices. Now I'm gonna save things graph for a minute because that's the one I'll dive into as we get into uh, things. But at a top level, this is what we're trying to do uh, from a home automation perspective, a general uh, theory of how this works. You know, in the home, devices like embedded devices, those locks, those LED lights that you have, that's the realm of embedded systems, really ideal for Amazon FreeRTOS. It's a version of uh, FreeRTOS, the open source um, embedded uh, real-time operating system that Amazon's now brought its uh, a set of libraries and stewardship over the open source project to have a really well-connected embedded uh, real-time operating system. Greengrass, which is for CPU-powered devices where it can sit on a gateway or a router to bring some intelligence into the house. And then using the cloud as that infrastructure for communicating, ingesting data from those devices, command and control messages, but also routing through the rules engine to those applications that you build. And it's those applications at the end of the day are actually the user experience, right? Like the light bulb turns on and off, sure, but the thing that the, the consumer touches or maybe speaks to is the app, the website, the voice skill. And it's important that it's as easy as possible for developers to build that. So that's our goal. You know, a couple of other examples in uh, home automation. Uh, we do a lot of work uh, with TVs, smart TVs, using IoT Core as a messaging uh, bus to those TVs, particularly ones that are thinking about integrating uh, with Alexa from a voice perspective. You have to have a great uh, communication bus and a way to manage those devices. Uh, device de uh, management, device defender, and analytics to think about how do we manage that fleet? How do we make sure that fleet is secure? How do we drive a level of insight into what's going into those products? Uh, in home security, you know, there's so many different potential options of what we're talking about here. Um, we're doing a few really interesting things. Uh, similar, uh, Amazon FreeRTOS and AWS IoT Greengrass uh, driving some of the actual devices. But we're doing interesting work with the AWS IoT uh, Greengrass machine learning inference features where you can take a machine learning model built in SageMaker in the cloud, deploy it out to an edge device for things like image recognition, sound recognition. We also have a pattern now uh, that's actually a, a quick start with a cloud formation template to get cameras up and running using the new Kinesis video streaming service, uh, auto provisioning and discovering to make this really easy in a, in a security scenario. And in home networking, we think about uh, things like optimizing uh, the network performance at home and reducing customer support. Quick poll, what do you think the number one call an operator gets? 
from a consumer at home. Any guesses? Well, your, your TV's not working, but probably even just before that, I know it's the call I got when I'm traveling. The Wi-Fi's not working. Um, and that Wi-Fi not working, well, that could be, you know, we could be watching and seeing what, uh, if that could be uh, doing better. If I can reduce the truck roll, you know, think about a Lambda function monitoring um, uh, Wi-Fi performance, resetting the device, because that's often the result, reducing a truck roll. So um, the one thing I want to just mention about the new services, there's the view again. One service in for particularly in home automation that's really interesting is the thought of how can I make applications more, more easily and faster? And so we thought about this a lot, and one of the challenges is when you actually have a lot of devices that you want to orchestrate, figuring out the, the expected outputs and inputs of that device, the, the, the behaviors and how maybe one camera is slightly different than the other, one light bulb is slightly different than the next, that can be a lot of work for a developer. So we launched earlier this week AWS IoT Things Graph, which allows you to connect devices and web services together with little or no code. And what does, that, what does it do? Well, it takes a, a device and you build a model which describes the um, uh, capabilities and the expected behaviors of that device. That model normalizes. So if one device outputs temperature using one label or, or registers its state with another, but the similar device from another manufacturer does it slightly different way, the model allows you to make it as the universal translator between these devices. And when you do that, you build this amazing graph of capabilities between devices. And now with those models, you can chain using a visual editor um, the impacts between devices. If this device turns on, uh, make this thing move. If that thing moves, make this uh, window shade open or close, make the temperature go up and down. All things you could have done with code, but that's a lot of work. What if we could just be chaining that visually together? And then it deploys on a green grass powered gateway uh, or router for local control so it can execute even if a connection to the cloud is lost. And that's what the editor looks like, where you're chaining together basically the, um, from the models, the behaviors of the device. And now you basically have an application up and running. I haven't written any code, and it can be powerful workflows between devices. An example of that is some work we did with Tata Consulting in a hospitality setting, right? Somebody comes through the door, the shades go up, the lights go on, the TV turns on, it sets the music, sets the temperature. You could do all that with things graph those workflows. So we're not gonna dive into it much more than that today, um, but uh, we will uh, spend some time talking about similar sorts of uh, scenarios. So with that, enough of me. So I've sort of set the stage, you with me so far? There's a lot of things that we could do of high potential. So I'm gonna invite Brock, and he's gonna tell you the story of Vestel. Some of you may not know the company, they make some amazing products. We're gonna do a little introduction, and then hear the story. There you Thanks go, so and we'll hand it over. Hi everybody, uh, my name is Burak Savak. Uh, I work as the VP of uh, IoT Cloud and the Automotive uh, at Vestal. <clears throat> and uh, to put things in the perspective, uh, my team is responsible to create an ecosystem for all of our products that we are producing, uh, which is more than 25 million per year, uh, to create an ecosystem which is flexible enough and scalable enough to uh, satisfy our customer needs, our business needs. 
uh, a brief about Vestal. Uh, we are the uh, largest manufacturing facility in Europe with the more than 1.1 million square meter uh, closed area and uh, capable to more, uh, produce more than 35 million uh, products per year and currently producing more than 25 million. And uh, we are the third largest uh, manufacturer in Europe and uh, fifth for the white goods. Um, from the uh, perspective, from the things uh, point of view, Vesta started as an OEM company for the TV manufacturing. Then it grew to do becoming an ODM, and uh, we also now are own brands right now in Europe like Toshiba, uh, Hitachi, Telefunken, Sharpen the White Goods, etc. Uh, if we look at the, our ecosystem. Uh, we have started with the TVs, then uh, expanded on the white goods, uh, as well as the smart home devices, automotive, lighting, and so on. My group responsibility is, my group's, my organization's responsibility is to uh, consolidate all of those into an ecosystem uh, while supporting our holdings, other uh, divisions as well, like the textile and the um, energy. How did we start? When we started uh, early 2010 so, everything started as a separate. Uh, our white goods and the TVs were living in different ecosystems, and that's not, that wasn't connected at all. Uh, and uh, from the, that point of view, that was creating an uh, uh, ecosystem for us not good enough to uh, satisfy our customer needs. Because what we needed was to have an ecosystem scalable enough, elastic enough, also cost effective enough, uh, and also it could con integrate with the other uh, ecosystems because uh, IoT world will be a heterogeneous ecosystem. You, will, you need to be able to integrate with the others. This was the business needs. And on the other side, customers wanted from us a device that can connect and operate uh, in future as well. They needed a future-proof uh, device. Plus, it could be easily operatable and usable. UX was very important for them. And uh, on top of that, they wanted a device that they can add some services as they go on. Uh, with all those requirements in hand, uh, we sit down with the uh, Amazon team, AWS team, and put our needs uh, on the table uh, and uh, work for the best uh, architecture. Because above all those, we also had, had uh, these current architecture in the field. We needed to, we couldn't leave the, uh, uh, those devices in the field hanging. Uh, we needed to support the legacy devices as well. So what we came up, is uh, the, this is the current architecture that we have. Uh, on the left-hand side of the screen, you see that this is our legacy devices. We added some uh, uh, load balancing mechanisms to ensure that they can still operate and connected them to the, uh, our current cloud. And uh, in the cloud we have created, we utilize the uh, AWS services because as you could see from the previous slide, the, uh, the uh, previous architecture did not utilize any IoT uh, or the AWS services uh, that we could. We were implementing everything by ourselves. First of all, we gave up on that because 
we wanted to focus on the new features and the uh, capabilities that we wanted to offer our customers to create some differentiation rather than already available uh, writing rather than writing already available services so in that sense uh, we started to utilize iot core and the api gateway kind of uh, facilities uh, from the uh, AWS. Uh, also, uh, we imp implemented free Artos on our white goods uh, to have the uh, uh, better device management security and the uh, uh, OAD downloads uh, of air updates. And also, this architecture gave us uh, to be able to implement all, all of our uh, skills for our devices one time and to be able to manage them and integrate with them with the different services easily. As you could see on the right, hand, right side of the slide, uh, we could easily integrate uh, our skills of our devices with the uh, Amazon Alexa and Google Home and any other third-party service. Voice was also another big thing for our customers because they want to be able to control things uh, with, uh, with uh, much ease than rather than pushing buttons with vo their voice. However, uh, this is not the uh, final destination for us. Uh, from that point of view, uh, we would like to go to a fully serverless architecture. Because as you could see, you can, we, we, are, we are still using some uh, services uh, like EC2s on our current architecture. There are some servers. We will, uh, the, our next step is to uh, implement the, them in Lambda and go to a, a serverless architecture. Once we accomplish that, we will have a fully serverless uh, cloud architecture, uh, also capable to support legacy services, and we will also add some uh, data analytics on top of that. And uh, with this, we will be able to achieve whatever the requested uh, structure and the uh, features from our business and the customers. Because if you remember, we, want, we were after a scalable, elastic, flexible, and cost-effective system from the business point of view. And on the customer side, we were after future-proof, easily usable, and integrated with the many third-party services, easily integratable to many third-party services. By this way, we have achieved that, and thank you to Amazon team to walking this uh, uh, journey with us, and hopefully this would help some of you guys here. Thank you for listening to me. So thank you, Burak. It was a fascinating use of uh, IoT and home automation at scale, and it's, a re it's really interesting to see how they leveraged our building blocks to not only connect their new devices with Amazon FreeRTOS and the fully serverless one, but also were able to connect their own on the same platform. So in the context of home automation, I want to spend a bit of time on, um, on the onboarding. I think onboarding on the boxing experience of your users. I think that's a key moment when, the, the, when your end users buy your product and unbox it. If they can't connect it or if they have trouble connecting it, the user experience very bad. Uh, I want to spend a little bit of time on some best practice around this, uh, on, around the unboxing and onboarding Avis IoT and how Avis IoT and Amazon can, uh, services can help you here. So if we summarize the steps of an unboxing experience on the technical side, we have four steps. 
Most home automation solutions have a companion app, a mobile app, so this needs to be installed on the mobile app of your customers. Um, then we have to set up connectivity uh, of the device. So most of the time we have a Wi-Fi router at home. This device needs to communicate with the internet and needs to have some kind of Wi-Fi credentials to connect to. Uh, there is always an experience, of course, you want to kind of link the device to your customers in your backend so that you know that who, who is owning which devices. And the last step is the uh, registered device with AWS IoT. At the end, the device will communicate with AWS IoT, AWS IoT to exchange data back and forth. So these are four steps. Can we simplify this? Uh, that's a lot of kind of manipulation the user has to do. Can we simplify it? Uh, I think yes, and I will show you how. So let's go back to the first steps. Uh, it's the mobile app experience. Um, if you, we have a lot of services on our platform that can help you building like scalable, um, um, building like uh, really user-friendly apps and also speeding up your development of mobile apps. Um, of course, we have AWS IoT SDKs for Android and for iOS that you can integrate into your app if you already have an app. If you're starting from scratch, I would highly recommend looking, for example, at AWS Amplify, which is um, a framework, an open source framework, where you can build scalable and reliable um, mobile backend application uh, very, very quickly based on best, best practices and, and skeletons. Um, so just one highlight I would think, so for example, with one command, you can add the uh, authentication user experience to your mobile app very easily. So this will handle automatically all the kind of uh, user password scenarios, lost password, new password, new account creation, uh, and uh, the whole in, in, a, in, a, in a secure manner. Um, and of course, all this is backed by our uh, identity uh, services Cognito. Uh, and also, if you want to use your identity provider, you might have, for example, if you want to use, if you want to allow your customers to use uh, Amazon, Facebook, Google login, uh, or other open ID uh, identity provider, you can easily do this by just checking a, uh, a checkbox here. So let's go for the next one. So Avis IoT um, is an MQTT broker. It uses MQTT communicate with your device, but we mandate. Uh, TLS 1.2 and client-side certificates for security reasons. We don't compromise on security. So this, this means you need key material. You need a private key and a certificate on your device. How to get these credentials on your device? That's always a good question. One way that's the first one on top of the slide is, of course, as your mobile app is authenticated with your backend, uh, it can request uh, key generation on the backend, download the key, and upload it to the device. For example, over Bluetooth Low Energy, BLE, uh, or by putting your device into an access point for the setup instruction. Now, this again is another step your user has to do. Can we minimize this one? So AWS IoT, in fact, supports what we call just-in-time provisioning. So what you can do is use your own certificate authority. Um, and at manufacturing time or when you mark the time, you can put the key material on the device before it to your customer. What does it mean? It's the first time this device will connect. AWS IoT will, in fact, realize that it's a certificate that is trusted and do the whole provisioning of the devices at the first connection. And I will later on show you in live how this works. Uh, this eliminates the step, and uh, one step the customer doesn't have to do because the key material is already there and the connection will be in one go. 
So setting up device connectivity is another one. Of course, your device needs to connect to a Wi-Fi router. Um, I won't take a long time on, on this topic, but if you are currently designing a, a home automation appliance, uh, take a look at the new WPA3 standard uh, from the Wi-Fi Alliance. Uh, the WP standards has something called Easy Connect. Um, it's, uh, it's an easy way, in fact, to, conf to, to let devices connect to your home router without having to put in a key material like a Wi-Fi uh, password onto your device directly. The, the, the mobile app is, is connected to your home router and is, is, is kind of authenticated. Um, and in fact, by scanning a barcode on your box and by taking, for example, the, the public key of the device, uh, it can talk to the home automation with a, with a protocol called device provision protocol. Uh, it can talk to the Wi-Fi router and allow access to the Wi-Fi without putting key material. Very easy way to do this. The next one is this peer pairing. Of course, we have a device that is bought. You on your backend, your IoT backend, doesn't know who it belongs to, so you want to be able to kind of pair the device. Most of the time, I think, if you, if you have devices at home, you scan a barcode. Now, remember, for the Wi-Fi setup, we already used the barcode. In this barcode, we can also, for example, have a serial number of your device. The mobile app will get the serial number, sends it to your backend, and then we can pair the devices. In your, in your CRM system or in your backend system, you know now this user owns this device with this serial number. Then that's the one. And the last step is, as I said, is the device. Once we have connectivity, we have the peering, we have the, the, the credential, your home automation device can connect over Wi-Fi to AWS IoT exchange information and participate in a home automation experience. Um, in this context, I will show it later on, we use just-in-time provisioning. Um, this means at first connection, IoT will, things will create the thing, we create a policy, will uh, allow, in fact, certain, what you, what you define, certain uh, commands, certain uh, send uh, commands, whatever you want, um, and then we can, when we, are, when we are set up. So that's the whole experience. So just to summarize a bit what we've done, so we had four steps you have to do on your unboxing experience. We kind of simplified it into two or three steps. The, you, you install the mobile app on your mobile phone, you scan a QR code to get the Wi-Fi string and uh, the secure string, and also for um, targeting the serial number of your device for the pairing. You plug your device into, the, into your power plug, and all the other stuff, like uh, connecting to the Wi-Fi, registering device, is done automatically behind the scenes. So we really reduced the unboxing experience and made it really easy just by using a mobile app. So think about it if you're planning um, to, if you're planning or designing home automation appliance, um, and how AWS IoT, like just-in-time provisioning, but also our Cognito and other services can help you here. Good. Enough. Enough slides. Let's show, in fact, some live demo. Um, and uh, what I want to show as a first kind of use case in the home security, home monitoring, which is the second topic that Mark introduced, um, is a very simple setup where we have on the left side a, a connected microphone. It's a small microphone that is kind of just capturing the ambient sound. And my, my idea is here is that it should detect like security-related sounds, like a dog barking, like a glass breaking, like a police car sewing. That's the idea. Um, on the device, I will show you later on, I'm using a machine learning model. 
that takes the audio stream, like approximately 80 kilobyte on my demo, 80 kilo, uh, kilobyte per second. It will apply some mathematical Fourier transformation to things. It will apply a machine learning model to extract a fingerprint of the actual sound wave. Uh, in the machine learning language, this is called an embedding. Um, and I, and um, uh, in my case, the, the model I'm using, it will transform this 80 kilobyte per second in 120 bytes, 128 bytes. Uh, and these embeddings can be used later to classify the sound into different categories, so to, you know, to identify dog barking, whatever you want. Okay. So this uh, embedding is sent to, to Greengrass uh, or to the cloud. Um, and then I have a second device, which is a camera. The camera can be activated at certain events. In my case, when I, I have a car steering, the, 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 the camera will start streaming uh, to video and uh, Kinesis uh, video stream and um, provide it, for example, on your mobile app if you want. Now, how I'm creating this model, I will show you also. I'm using SageMaker, which is uh, um, one of the machine learning services on the AWS platform. Um, so that's a bit the setup. So without further ado, let's go. I, switch, I will switch to my computer and start the demo. Do you see the screen? Good. So this is the AWS IoT console, and what I'm showing here is the, um, the, the things. So this is the, our device manager. Here you will have, in fact, for every connected device that has access to AWS IoT, you would have one representation of the thing with all the metadata, with the access wide and all the things. You notice now we have a, connect, a connected camera, I already think, but you don't see the connected microphone. So what I want, wanted to show you as a first one is the, um, the possibility of just-in-time provisioning. So I'm, this is, in fact, I simulate. I don't have physical devices to not overcomplexify these things. This is warning on my laptop. Uh, the, on the left side, you have the microphone app that will use my microphone on my laptop, and I will show you later on that it will do live uh, categorization. On the right side is, in fact, is my simulator for the camera device. So what do you need to do? First, we need key material. I created a small, um, a small script. Uh, it's very simple. It uses OpenSSL to generate key material, to sign in request, sign the CA with, uh, with my CA certificate, and put it here. So if I, if I want the script, I would give it a name, connected mic. It will generate a key that will, and sign it with my CA. Now, this CA is a self-signed CA. You can use whatever. But this CA has been registered previously with AWS IoT. That's how, in fact, it will be able to connect. So let's test. I'm using here an MQTT local client. Um, so uh, this is a Mosquito as a, as a local MQTT client. Now, you will notice on first connecting, it will, it will connection was lost. So this, in fact, at first connection, uh, this will trigger, in fact, the provisioning on the, on the AWS IT side in our device manager. And now you see that it's connected. If we're switching back to the, 
to my management controller and I refresh, you will now notice that we have a third app, the connected microphone, magically uh, provisioned, uh, enabled, and now my microphone can think. So that will be the user experience at home. Plugging in, it connects, as soon as this connectivity, uh, the, the device is registered and activated on AWS IoT. Okay? Good. So what does this does? What does this um, um, what does this microphone app, my, my small kind of microphone app, will do? In fact, it uses a machine learning model, and if you're interested uh, in going more detail, it's called uh, WDH. It's an open source uh, project, was uh, led by um, uh, Google and some, some researchers. Uh, the open, it's open source, the whole code for doing this is here. You can, we can reuse it. Um, and what it does, as I said, it's, it's um, it's using, uh, it takes this audio stream, transforms it, um, does a Fourier transformation, pa passes to this model, and in fact, it creates these embeddings. The embedding is at a high-level characteristic of the wave that can be used for classification later on. So let's, let's start, in fact. I will show you how, what, what it looks like. So let's go back to my folder, and I will start my app here. It's a Python app. And um, so what you will notice here, so here it loads, it loads the model. It takes a bit of time. Uh, it will connect to the, um, to the device. On the top now, you see that I'm not connected. Okay, now we are connected to Iris IoT. At the moment, it's using my microphone to take the live stream of things. It's transforming it. And after 10 seconds, it sends um, this embedding, which is this 120-byte vector to, at the moment, Iris IoT. Okay? So let's, let's take a look at Airbus IoT, how this looks like. Um, if we go to the management console, there's a great way to, to, to debug. There is an MQTT test client. Um, and if I'm subscribing to all my topics, you will see here that this is how it looks like. You see that these are 128 bytes, 10 times, because I'm always capturing 10 seconds. That's my kind of windowing for, the, uh, for categorizing audio. Okay, so we created a device, we're connecting it. We're seeing the embedding. Now, next step would be we want to classify this one. This doesn't look known. So let's go and create a machine learning model that takes these embeddings and transforms it into things. My model is a little bit simpler. I will just classify it into dog barking and a car siren. Um, if you go to this um, data set I'm using here, it's called audio set. It has 580 different kind of sound categorization and it's pre-labeled. So you can use it for, for, for doing your machine learning audio, machine learning model. How do we do, um, just refreshing my process. This is SageMaker. This is the Amazon SageMaker console. And uh, in SageMaker, we have this concept of notebooks uh, where you can do interactive kind of machine learning model uh, programming. So uh, it's a Jupyter notebook. If I will open up, I will show you. That's the notebook I used for cre creating my very, very simple and not very accurate model, but it's really just for the demo purpose. Um, if you've never done machine learning models, it's always there to kind of four different steps. Uh, this is an interactive model that you can execute like this, like this. So first, of course, I need, I need to load the audio data sets. Uh, this, this, I don't go into the detail, but in fact, it just removes all the other categories and just, just takes the dog barking and the, uh, the car siren one. That's Next one is then uh, here, I'm defining a very simple model. 
Here it's a three-layer uh, regression model. Uh, here you can do as, as more sophisticated deep learning model as you want. We are using here MXNet uh, Gluon, which is an open source project that we are using um, here in things that we are supporting. But you can use whatever open framework like PyTorch, uh, TensorFlow, uh, that doesn't, doesn't matter. Every machine learning model has, of course, a training function. I can, if you want, I can execute this, and you will see that here I'm, I'm, I'm training these things. We have a 90% accuracy. That's almost too, too good to be true, but that's for, the, for demo purposes. Um, and then we are good. So once it's trained. Now, the good thing with SageMaker is that you can use, you can train it in your, on this notebook instance, but if you need more resources like also GPU power, you can take the same code here, and I will just show you how this works. If I execute this, this code here, this will now send the training to, to SageMaker. It will start an EC2 instance, or if you want, you can even a cluster of EC2 instance, and will start doing the training. Uh, here you can use GPU instance, like, the, like a P3 instance, to accelerate your training. Okay, let's go back and see how this looks like on the SageMaker console. You have a, on the left side here the um, training algorithm. Uh, and we have the training jobs. And here you see in, at the moment the training job that currently, that I just launched, uh, and all the other training jobs I've done before. So the important on this, to understand here what it is, is um, there's all the information that was things. We see that I used an M5 instance, but you could have used the P2 instances. The most important thing, I will skip some of the detail, is what is the result of a, train, of a machine learning training aspect is, in fact, a model. The model represents, in fact, the trained model with all the weight uh, serialized into, a, into an archive. And here, SageMaker puts this model into S3. Now, when you don't want to do your inference, you download this model, you reinstantiate the, uh, the machine learning model, and uh, then you can do your things. And this, for example, can be done in a Lambda function. Let's show how this works. I, create, I already pre-created a Lambda function that takes this model, that takes the input stream, these embeddings, and transforms it into things. The only thing we need to do, as I showed you, that we have already events coming in. We need uh, you to use the Avis IoT rule engine to take these incoming events and trigger a Lambda function that will do the influence. So I will do a simple kind of rule. I give it a name. Uh, the rule engine uses a kind of SQL syntax. So I will take the whole message, but you can. From, and then we can go back. Uh, con connected mic. There's a lot of light here. Things. Okay. So this is here. So I, I will take everything that's on topic connected mic. I will send it to this um, to this function. That's all. Give it a name. At action. So what I want in this case, I want to want to call a, my 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 influence function. And this is called audio influence. I already kind of pre-select pre and pre-installed it. I add the action, and now I can execute the rule. So now this, will, this function will be triggered every time we have a new event coming in. And we can take a look at it, how this looks like, if we are going back to my. So the function sends it to our, an audio topic. So let's see. Let's wait, see if it works. So every 10 seconds, we should see now. 
dog barking. Now, my model is a little bit stupid. In fact, when I'm talking, it's, it means it's a dog. Uh, but uh, I can show you a bit, for example, I have a car in here on my, uh, my thing, so we'll just, I can, okay. Okay. Where's my mic? Okay. So if I take my mic. No. Okay. So. Yeah. Then you've, you've, you know, it, it kind of classified and a car you in, and that things. No. That's only that's the only two things it can it can classify. But um, as you want, if you go to the, the audio style thing. Now, that's great. So we have a microphone that connects to ABS IoT, and uh, we have a we have an influence function that runs and um, it detects certain things. And we now we could trigger what we want. Now, we what we want at the end is. We want to create this influence at the edge. Why? It's a security-related thing. So for example, what happens if you have, don't have internet connectivity? You want to be able to do the classification at the edge. And here we are leveraging some of our services like Greengrass, where, um, uh, where we can push this Lambda function, this security one in the cloud, and push it to the, to the edge. So that's what we want to do now. So if we go to the, the management console here, I have a, a Greengrass already running. It's running at the moment on an EC2 instances, but in, a, in, the, in this context, it would run on your home router, on a security gateway, on a Linux-based gateway in your house. So in, uh, in a Greengrass group, which is kind of the configuration section, we have different things we need to think. So the first thing we want to do is we want to say, like, we want to add a Lambda function to our, our Greengrass group. So if I, oops, yeah. If I add my lambda function, we will we will the lambda function we just had uh, was what just running in the cloud. We take the latest, then my latest version, so you can have multiple versions if you want to install. So that's one thing. Now the only yes, the only the other thing we need to do we need to add the microphone to Greengrass. Uh, because at the, the microphone currently sends to AWS IoT, but we want to send these embeddings to Greengrass locally. So. For this one, you need to define a device. So what I do is I create, I take my connected microphone and say like, okay, please add it to this Greengrass group. Uh, the last thing we need to do is in fact, this, this, this Lambda function needs the machine learning model. So in, uh, in, uh, in, in Greengrass, we have this concept of machine learning models that will be pushed during deployment to locally on the Greengrass host, and we can add one. So so for my machine learning, I give it a name. I use a SageMaker model, I would think. Here you will see, in fact, my, all the models. This is the one we just, we just executed. I will take my one I created on the, 20, on the, uh, on the 20 seconds. I tell him where it will be mounted into my Lambda function. I, wanna, I, I, gave, I give him the, the Lambda function. So this model will be mounted under the file system model into this Lambda function, can be accessed by the code into the Lambda. In the Lambda. That's all. So now we have, a, we have the model that will be pushed to, green, to, our, to our Greengrass gateway uh, when I deploy this one. The, the last thing we need to do is create a subscription. The subscription I use to route messages between devices we need to define. So two things we need to do first. We need to add one subscription that takes the device, the microphone, and we want to send it 
to the influence lambda function that we will warning on green was, okay? For debugging, what we also want to do now is we want to send the, uh, the result of my influence lambda function, so the dog barking or the things, the small we, we saw uh, five minutes ago, and we will send it to the cloud. Good, I think we are, we are ready. We've done some configuration on the cloud side. We now push this to, to, uh, to, 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 to my Greengrass device that would run on the gateway. I click on the deploy button and I will quickly switch to my thing. You see that my mic is still connected to AWS IoT. Oops, that's called discovery. So Greengrass has this capability of discovery. Uh, so the device always every 10 seconds was calling the cloud and saying, am I part of a Greengrass group? And now the cloud will respond, so, uh, so uh, it was cloud, uh, I, IoT responded and said, yes, you are part of this group, and this is the IP address you can connect to. And now, instead of sending it to the cloud, it sends it to Greengrass, and we will uh, we'll execute the Lambda function in, um, on, on my Greengrass core, for example, in your home automation. This setting would also work without internet connectivity at the end. So if we go now to my, to my test client, you, you might, you know, let's look, because we told, in fact, to send it up to the, to the cloud. You will see the, the small difference every 10 seconds. Yep. It should have been there. Okay. Let me, let me quickly look at what's happened here. Yep. Subscriptions. Okay, good. Um, let's not debug it in live here, but um, that's, that's, that's the kind of how, how it works and the Lambda function is executed here. I will just also, because I think it's more important also to look at the, the, the camera app, um, because now we have, I talked about the second device. We want to execute the second device when um, uh, the, the, audio, uh, the video stream, when, for example, a dog barking is detected. So again, we go to our uh, device, and at this time, we will add our connected camera. Okay, and we will change our subscription. So again, we will, we, now we want to do the execution of our, our Lambda inference function. We want to send it to the device camera so that when the camera gets, for example, uh, C-Win, that it starts the, the video footage and sends it to, uh, to, to, to uh, Kinesis video stream. Good. So Kinesis video stream is, uh, if you haven't, um, I just have to refresh my things. If you haven't worked with uh, Kinesis video stream, is a, is a platform that ingests video streams from, 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 from whatever devices. Uh, this is the, uh, the dashboard, the management console, where you can preview your video stream that is, uh, that is getting in. So at the moment, of course, nothing happens. Uh, so I first have to start my camera so that we can see the stream. Good, so on the right side I told you that this is my, my, my camera stream, so let's start my, 
camera, I connect it. So, I, so again here, at the moment it's connected to uh, Ivis IoT. So again, if we, if we deploy this, um, it will detect that now it's part of a group, we connect to Greengrass group, and then can, can, can consume the, uh, the local events. Takes a bit of time. In progress. Let's. Okay. <laughs> Connection refused. Start it again. Connect. So good. We are we are connected. So here we have two devices at home. One is sending and are capturing audio. It's, it's doing competition. It's, it's doing kind of audio capturing and classification. And we have a, a, another device on the other side that takes the uh, the embeddings and starts um, um, streaming the data to the to the things now. As the, uh, we, ha we didn't saw the event, uh, at the moment it's not activating, uh, but that's, what, that's what, what should happen now. We should have a video stream uh, being activated. Okay, for the sake of time, uh, I will switch to the last demo I had. Um, and let me switch back to the video stream. So the last topic I wanted to talk about, which is because we just have uh, 10 seconds, is home security. So the home security part is um, it's an interesting, it's an interesting domain. So we sh I showed you here we have cameras, we have microphones. Uh, security is an important aspect of home, home automation um, because um, we, we had a lot of uh, things in the news where um, we had hacked cameras. So security is an important part. So what, one thing you might want to detect, you might want to detect if a camera is, for example, uh, sending more data than usually, um, that, that, than usually, or sending more message than usual. So in the IBSRT kind of service platform, we have one service called Device Defender uh, that, can, that you can use, in fact, to audit your devices. So looking at the best security best practices of on all your fleet of devices. Um, monitoring device behavior. So that's what I want to show today. Uh, and also then, of course, identifying and alerting um, uh, your backends or, create, uh, uh, or executing automation scripts if something is happening so that you, you can react. So if we go back to our, our Avis IoT console, uh, here the, the device defender can be seen on the left side. It's called defend. And... Um, there, here, that, that's the auditing part, where you can see uh, your, your audit results. So here, for example, I created a, a batch that, every, that runs every day, where you can see, in fact, um, we have like 15 to 20 kind of different audits that are executed automatically, and it highlights that here some, um, the number of resources and some, some things uh, that it's kind of uh, things. We have an overly uh, permissive IoT policy, in fact, at the moment, these devices can connect to every topic, so we could, we could, uh, we could change this. The other thing that our device defender can do is uh, check for violations. Uh, 
So here is the violation history. I already created some, um, some um, uh, violation, and we, we can create one later on on, on our own. Uh, but here you see, for example, during the demo, things that happened. Here, for example, large amount of messages or normal traffic out. In fact, I saw more bytes out that are from the Greengrass device than usually. You see the actual devices that are thing, and here you see, in fact, the actual bytes that it was that was recorded. So, how can I create these security profiles, uh, and how can I detect this one? So, if we go here on the right side. Um, that's where you can create your security profile. Let's create a new one um, uh, about, for example, the number of bytes or the number of messages that are, that are sent. Behavior name. Um, here, for example, I want to see like uh, normal me messages. Now, here you don't put these rules, you don't want to put the rules that are abnormal, but you want to define the normal behavior of your uh, of your devices. You should know how many messages your devices are sending. And uh, the goal here is, in fact, to, to define a normal behavior of your device. So what you could do, for example, here we have done different metrics we can use. Uh, metrics, cloud-side metrics, like numbers messages over MQTT, but also device-side metrics. Device-side metrics are captured on the, on, the, on the device. For example, network in, network out, ports used. Um, things. So what we could, for example, uh, do is uh, establish TCP connection or listening port. You can define a listening port uh, or normally, I only listen on port 8333 or 8883 for, for, for MQTT. If now device defender detects that other ports are open, uh, you will get an alert and violation alert into your things. So what I would, could do is, for example, the number of messages sent should be always less than 100. That's normal behavior. Uh, and then you can add as many, behavior, as many of these behaviors as, as you want. Once you're finished, you click on Next. Then you can, you can for example, say, like, what's happening when, this, when, when, this, when uh, we, ha we have these problems? So I could, for example, uh, send an SMS to my, to my mobile phone. The other thing is so to, then you can specify where do I want to test this one? Do I want to test it on all my devices? Or do I want to test it just on a subset of devices? So I, Idris IoT has this concept of grouping. It's where we can group uh, devices together. Um, once we are finished, we just review, and then we have a new behavior that will be activated. And every five minutes, Idris uh, uh, IoT device defender will check the behavior and notify in the violation section the, uh, the devices, for example, here the connected mic, send, send 29 messages, which are more than 10, so So that's a bit how, um, how device defender works. That thing. Now, you, you might want to understand, like, okay, how does, does we, how does we capture the, the metrics from the device? Um, and that's an easy one. So if, you, if your connected or security, device, security home devices uses Greengrass, we can use the new uh, announced um, here. So I go back to my group. On Monday, we released a new feature, which is called Connectors. 
So uh, these this connectors are pre-packaged kind of uh, capabilities you can push to, uh, to Greengrass to enable certain devices, so certain kind of uh, capabilities. So uh, you have capabilities like uh, sending logs to, your, to AWS IoT. Uh, you have also machine learning classification labs. You have uh, also like more industry like protocols uh, accessing a serial stream or even also like integration with other backend system or other logging systems. But what I want here, in fact, what I want is I want to capture metrics from my, um, from my home device. So how I do is I just, I just say like, I want to install my device defender connector. Um, then the device connector I already pre-configured with more needs of course access to the PROC device so that it can capture open ports, network traffic on, on this side. Um, we have to can put a timeout. So in, in this case, for example, every five minutes, it will send the events to, uh, to Device Defender. We click Add. And in fact, and when we deploy this, the uh, Device Defender agent will be automatically activated on my Greengrass device and will start sending uh, events to, uh, to Device Defender and will activate the violation rules and all of them. Okay, good, just a little bit to summarize, we have two minutes, two minutes left. I'll just switch back to the presentation. Um, I showed you, I showed you the, um, the how you can deploy, how you can do just-in-time provisioning uh, of your devices, how you be using Greengrass Discovery for your devices to automatically send data and discover that there is a Greengrass and connect to the Greengrass device. Uh, we showed, in fact, how to, for example, take a Lambda function at once in the cloud and push this logic to your Greengrass core at home so that it also works in disconnected mode and also how we can communicate uh, between devices at the edge using the MemQTT broker that is part of the, uh, of the Greengrass device. Uh, even if there was a small glitch. I will have to find on debug why, what, what happened there. Um, and I showed you also the, how to uh, stream uh, Kinesis video to, from a device to the cloud. Uh, I couldn't show it in live, but in fact, that's how we're doing it. So this is an open, uh, this uh, Kinesis video stream is, um, uh, uses an open, um, an open source uh, video streaming tools called GStreamer. Um, where you can define pipelines. So you have here like, I take, I, I take uh, pictures, I encode it, I created a, X, uh, a 264 MPEG stream, and this is a, the Kinesis video sync that will send this data to the thing. So if I execute this command on my laptop, in fact, it will start streaming to Kinesis video stream, and then you can do whatever you want with it, like show it into a mobile app and things. So that's the script that should have been executed if the event flow would have happened. I have to debug this part. Okay, I think we are, we are all over. I, I finished my presentation, so thank you for, um, I think I hope you learned, uh, learned something about home automation, home security. Um, and uh, how AWS IoT services can help you here. Um, if there are any questions, we can open up for questions. Or we come up and like, yeah, we already do. Or you come up to the, to the stage, and we will stay here for another five, ten minutes and can respond to your questions. So thank you very much. <laughs>